I'm going to talk about how we need to meet Jesus first today. So we want people to meet the church. God created the church, right? The body. And we want people to meet Jesus. Both are good. Sometimes when people get hurt, the hating on the church, or if they feel like God didn't come through, through for them, they're hating on Jesus, not realizing, you know, God created both. They are good. You know, Jesus came for our sins, <clears throat> but God created the church so that we could come together and worship him in unity. The thing is, when people meet the church first, it makes it really hard to meet Jesus. <clears throat> yeah, anyone who met the church first is like, Amen. Yeah, we know that one, right? And, and it doesn't mean because the church is bad. It gets really easy to dog on things. You know, we see that. We see discord. Oh, I don't like this church, this church. That's why we have a thousand churches, you know, just in probably, you know, our state or our county, whatever. It's like because when people meet the church first, you know, the church is full of, well, let's go this way. Jesus we know that the word says he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? Yeah. We know that. If it's true, it's got to be Jesus. And no one comes to the Father except through him. That's the only way. No church building, no group of people. There's no amount of tithe, alms, anything you can give. It is just Jesus. So, you know, he died. He, he offered gifts to us. Not just died, but he offered, offered gifts to us. He saved us from sin and death. He paid for our sickness. He paid for our pain. He paid for disease. You know, he, and of course, he gave us eternity, you know, with him in heaven. And, you know, he left this earth also so that he could give us the Holy Spirit so that we can experience those things anywhere, anytime, place, Not just where his physical body was, right? So Jesus was... I mean, there's nothing bad he's done. Everything is good. I mean, it'd be great. Like when you're opening Christmas presents or something, you know, when every gift is like good and what you wanted, you're like, yes, no underwear socks this year. Unless you want underwear and socks. I don't know. But, you know, that's Jesus. Every single one is like, wow, this is great. This is great. This is great. Everything about him is great. I'm going to read in Ephesians. uh, Ephesians 4, if you want to follow along. 4.10, it says, He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all of the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, he gave the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth, as Matt said, in love, that's the part, in love, remember that, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. That's the church. That's what he's talking about. He said, guess what? You can become the church because I gave you every gift. I gave you all the ability. I gave you all the knowledge. You know, you're going to work on it. You're going to grow. If he's saying that you're, you're going to become mature, that means maybe we're not born fully mature. We know that in the natural. We see that in the spiritual. But you look there. Jesus is pretty amazing. Wouldn't you guys say that? Pretty amazing. All of these things he's given us... <clears throat> He wants us to be whole and mature. Right? You guys, we want that for our kids. We do not want them to be two forever. Any of you guys got a two-year-old, right? You do not want them to be two forever. You're like, I'm enjoying this for one year. Then we go three. You got to grow up. (laughs) Right? Two is hard. They can't do anything hardly, but they think they can do everything. It takes a lot longer. But, you know, the same with Jesus. He wants us to mature. He wants us to speak the truth, but in love. You know, and he gave gifts to build the body so that we can be in unity. You know, and it said, it's for freedom that he came so that you could be set free. I want to be free. When I hear stories like that, that breaks my heart, you know, that just because they're preaching the gospel, nothing else. Just because they're saying Jesus is good, their freedom is, you know, is in danger. And um, he's saying freedom. It is for freedom that we 
became free. And Jesus did that. Just him. That's it. So now we know about Jesus. Everything good came from him. All that stuff is good. We all agree, right? Everything good came from Jesus. Now the church. The church is composed of imperfect people learning how to walk out the freedom of Christ and the love of God. That's what it's made of. (laughs) We get saved, we got Jesus, and then he's like, yeah, get to the church. You're going to be part of that. And you're like, oh. You know, the church is full of people learning the balance between that grace and truth like Matt talked about last week. We need the balance of it, right? Learning the balance of grace and truth. The, the church gets messy. Sometimes we get on this truth wagon, and we just love to speak the truth, but not in love. We're like, well, this is right, so I'm going to tell you. I am right. You are wrong. Like Matt, you know, talked about last week. You know, sometimes we get on that grace wagon, and we're like, just love everyone. Love everything. Everything is love. Even if it's sin, just love it. How many of you heard that before, Right? Just got to be kind. You know what? What you do in that, because I think it's easy to get there because we want to seem like we're nice and we're loving and we're carrying the spirit of Christ, that we're just like, if it works for you, that's just so good. Just, just be kind to them. It's all right. You know what you're doing? You're sending people to hell if you're not telling them the truth. So you saying, it's okay to live in sin. We're, God still loves you. Yes, he does. But you know what? You might be the reason that somebody ends up attorney in hell because you couldn't speak the truth. Because you just want to be nice. That's why, you know, God knows the right balance of grace and truth, doesn't he? So we need to go to him to get that. Because I think of how many times we're like, I I look back in my life, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, this person walked out of my life and I never, I just didn't want to cause any waves, so I never spoke the truth. And what if they don't end up in heaven? Because I was the one that was supposed to speak the truth to them. Right? We allow things in our lives. See, when we look at it that way, grace is like, oh my gosh, maybe... (laughs) But I see people, I mean, I've seen whole churches, whole people that believe turn and say, we just don't want to speak these things about the Bible because someone might get offended. And God's like, I need them to get offended because I need that old person, that old nature, you know, gone. I need them to have Jesus because we won't get offended at Jesus. You know, we don't get offended at Jesus. So, you know, the church is a place of learning how to handle everything Christ did and gave to us. And coming together, working together in unity for the kingdom, you know, as people meet Jesus. That's what we're doing. It is a good thing. It doesn't always look perfect, doesn't always feel perfect. You know, when people are walking things out, (laughs) you know how when you go to clean a room and it looks worse like 20 minutes in, you know, before you finish it, that's kind of where the church is. We know where we're going. We know what's going to benefit us. We know that that's going to, you know, look good in the end, that all these things, but we're working it out, getting rid of all the junk, getting rid of the things, you know, that God said, you know, you don't need that anymore. That's why we need to make sure we're taking Jesus with us everywhere and letting him lead. People need Jesus so they can survive the church. That's true. We need Jesus so we can survive the church. I know that people are like, oh, she's talking bad about the church. I'm not talking bad about the church. I love the church. I'm part of it. You know what? What I'm saying is we need to make sure we're leading with Jesus because it's, it's hard to go in where people are working things out, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard to even hear someone's testimony. In the church, we got hurting, broken people. That's why Christ came. He said, I want you. Come in here. You don't have to be whole. Come on in. We'll work that out. The church has, you know, people who need extra care. I've been one of those people at times. Sometimes I've been the person giving care, and sometimes I've been the person receiving care. That's what the church is. You know, sometimes you have those overzealous people who are just like, I met Jesus. He's so awesome. And they're out there, and you're like, okay. Like, like Matt said, you know, you don't go up with a lighter and be like, how hot is this? If you don't accept Jesus, that's where you're going to be. Maybe not so much. I mean, it may be true. That is a true statement, right? That is true. You could say that 100% true. If they don't accept Jesus, they go to hell. But maybe saying it like that, you know, we have people that are just really zealous. They're just like, I got to do this. They force the truth on people. They're force feeding the truth. People don't like that. (laughs) People do not like that. 
You got the ones who continually pick up their chains every time. You're like, how many times are you going to pick up these chains? You literally are going and out and searching for them, aren't you? I hid them last time we dealt with this, and you go find them again. You know, we have these people that just keep coming in the Oh, it's just life, you know. When's God going to give me a break? Well, he gave you eternal life. I'm pretty sure that's a good enough break. Oh, that one was not truth in love, was it? Just, yeah, but then you got people that are learning. They're growing. You have people that are living kingdom and loving each other well. We get that too. See, the first part's the part people got to get through. They got, you got to know Jesus to get through the hurting, broken, overzealous, you know, people working out their mess to be able to see and say, wow, there's people that are learning. There's people that are growing. There's people that love me. There's, you know, this is full of love and, and unity. Wow, this is great. You know, because the church is a community of believers, you know, and it's not just made up of healthy, whole people. It's not. It says we're coming together, you know, as we grow and mature in the unity. That's what, that's what the body is. If we were whole and healthy and complete right now, there would be no need for earth, Right? We would be with Jesus. We would be with Jesus. So we're a community, and it's not just made up of healthy whole people living their best lives. <laughs> I know, that's why I said it like that. You know, living their best. I'm just living my best life. Really, that's the best life you got? Sometimes when people are showing me their best life, I'm like, you really need Jesus, because that does not look fun at all. Living my best life, $30,000 in credit card debt. That's your best life? Really? That is your best life? Jesus has more for you. He has wisdom in there. Living my best life, I just take pills every single day for the rest of my life. That's your best life? That's the best life that you can get? No, he has more. He has more. But it's there so we can come together in unity. Extend grace like Jesus did. Extend the truth like Jesus did. Extend love like Jesus did. Extend wisdom like Jesus did. Serve like Jesus did. And discern like Jesus did. Guess what? He realized, think about when he went to see Lazarus. You know what? He was Jesus. He could have went on the first day before he passed. He could have just healed them. He could have went on the first day. I mean, it could have been anything. But he discerned what would build the kingdom and bring the most glory to God, didn't he? He said, how can we bring the most glory to our creator? He said, I know, wait until it's impossible for anyone to say, oh, he wasn't really that sick. That wasn't God. Well, he was just sleeping. You know, he was just, he just passed out. He wasn't dead. But you know, when you're four days in the grave, people are going to know. You're going to notice. See, discernment is real, really important. We don't need to work on Jesus. He's got all we need, you know, to work on preparing the bride. That's, that's what he's doing now, the church. Jesus doesn't need any work. He doesn't need any upkeep. He doesn't need any care. He's saying, now we're going to work on the bride, the bride of Christ, which is the church. So we do that by continually growing, continually maturing. You know, we lead more people to Christ and, and more people to the kingdom and the eternal life as we walk out things like Jesus did. When I walk out things in my own prideful or zealous spirit, people don't like to hear that. I don't know why. But man, when you love them like Jesus did, when you speak the truth you know, to them like Jesus did, they seem to, they seem to like that. Because the better we live kingdom the more people will see Jesus. Do you guys know that Jesus is attractive? It is like a magnet. He is, if you actually meet Jesus, you know, sometimes I'm like, people are like, well, I can't believe they, they, they left the faith. I'm like, well, they just, they, did they really leave the faith? Because when you meet Jesus, he's so magnetic, you're so magnetized to him, you ain't leaving him, right? So sometimes I think, man, did they just meet a set of rules and laws? that were impossible to keep, and the first time they couldn't keep it, they were like, oh, I'm not good enough. Because when you meet Jesus, everything about him is magnetic. 
it, you're attracted to it. So I'm going to grab a couple of things here that will help us mature to be walking more Christ-like so that people will see that attraction, that magnetism that Jesus has in us. And then they'll get them in the church. <laughs> but you know when they get there? Something I've learned is even in all the flaws, when we're letting Jesus lead, people seem to look over them. Even when you make mistakes, you do it wrong, you have to clean it up. They're like, they don't even remember that. And they're moving together in unity, and that's the way it is because, you know, Christ, when we're leading with him, we're not so worried about if everyone else is doing everything perfect. Christ's like, I'm working on them. It's my job, you know. You do your job. Could you do that? Could you do your job? You ever have someone that, okay, I'm going to tell on Matt here. I like to have dinner done before this guy walks in the house. You know why? <laughs> you know why? I have everything smooth. Like, I got my kitchen, you know. I'm running over here. I'm washing this. Put this in the dish. Stir this. Chop this. Got this in my space. What does he like to do? He's going to come right in there. Why well, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? My job. This is my job. I got to come in here and stir this, get in your way, stand like this. <laughs> what are you doing? Your job is to come in, take your shoes off, sit down. That's your job. That is your job. Stay in your lane in Christ, okay? That's what I'm talking about. So I get so mad. I'm like, do not touch anything. He's like, oh, it needs more seasoning. Did I? You want to die. You do not come in when someone's cooking and be like, that is an insult. I don't think he's realized. That's an insult, right? If you're cooking and someone puts more seasoning in there, what are they telling you? Your food is bland, right? Even though they, he just likes it more, he, he, he likes it a little spicier, but I also have Lana who, you know, ketchup's a little spicy. So I got I to cook in between here, people. But what I'm using that as an example is we got to do, when we lead with Christ, we come into church and we do what we're supposed to do, and we're not like, Mercy, why aren't you doing this, this, and this? Why aren't you doing this and this, this? Can you look at that? Oh, my gosh, look at this. They're supposed to know Christ, and look how they're acting. And That's exhausting, right? If God tells you to speak to someone, he's going to give you the right words, and they're going to be, it's going to be able to have, you've had relationship with them, it's in love, and they're going to be in a place where they can receive it. You know, contrary to most of our beliefs, you know, we're not the most important person in the world. We're not that big of a deal to everybody else. To Christ we are. To Christ we are. But to everyone else, guess what? They're worried more do you know, they're worried more about their own finances, their own family, their own health a little bit more than probably, you know, yours. Not that they don't care, but you know what? Because you know what? It's our job to mature and grow so that we can partner in when somebody is struggling. We're like, hey, I have this wisdom. Could I extend it to you? That's what the church is for. So, I'm going to talk about discernment. Do you guys know what discernment is? Discernment is knowing when to do things at the right time, place, say things. You know if it's good, if it's bad. You're able to just be like, you know, this isn't good for me right now, or this is good for me, or this is from God, or this isn't from God. You ever have something good come along, and you're like, I know that's not even from the Lord. And people be like, but it's so good. I've had people try to convince me to do something that I knew that was great, but God's like, nope. I'm like, but God is so good. And he's like, and I said no. So I'm going to talk about discernment, because I think as believers we struggle there, because we're so worried what everyone else thinks about us. I'll tell you, the freest thing that you have in, in Jesus is when you realize, I don't care what anyone else thinks about me. You've got to get to the point. I don't care what anyone else thinks about me. I mean, there's a little piece, like, I care. I want, I, want, I want my husband to think I'm attractive. I know. You did. You already said I look nice today. But you know what I mean? But I'm not going to care if someone doesn't like that I preach the gospel. I can't care if someone's like, you know, I have whole groups of haters who don't like because I have a good life and because I got it through believing in Jesus. They hate that I go to church. Some of them are related to me. I'm like, why do you hate it so much just because I'm happy? 
Like, I'm not asking you for nothing. I'm just mad because I'm happy. Well, you can get happy too. That's where we have to discern, you know, what's going on. What is, what is God doing? What is God saying? And we need to know when to do it. You ever try to lead someone in, to Christ at the wrong moment? It is very uncomfortable. You know, I feel like I've done that before. Where I'm like, oh my gosh, this person doesn't know the Lord. You know, you said I go out and preach the gospel. I'm going there, and this person's like, you know, scared. And and Jesus, I feel like Jesus steps back. He's like, you on your own there. <laughs> that ain't time. And I'm like, oh, you know, learn a little humility. But man, we can do the right thing. We can say the right thing. But in the wrong season, it ends up the wrong thing, right? In the wrong season, it ends up the wrong thing. So we need to discern these times and seasons. God can speak a word to us about something or someone, and we, we need to know, do I release this? You know, am I even supposed to tell someone about this? You know, sometimes all God wants is to know that you would be diligent in praying for someone. Sometimes you're not supposed to release everywhere. There's times where God's like, last week I gave words because the Lord said, get up and say that. But you know what? There's times that God's like, nope, that's not the time for that. Or that's supposed to be one-on-one, or I already spoke to them about that, or things like that. we got to know and discern. got to know and discern. Is that the right thing? You can be the wisest, most educated, intelligent person in the planet. But if you don't have discernment, it will bring foolishness and destruction to your life. I'm not going to name names, but look at some of the most wealthy, influential people. Their lives are full of pain, destruction, divorce, discord. They've had the most education. They have the most money. They've had the most opportunity. Because you know what? Without the Holy Spirit, without discerning times and seasons, it will bring foolishness and destruction to your life. Because God's the only one that can bring wisdom. In 1 John, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Okay, cause so there's going to be some things that are influencing you that are not from the Lord right now. Even if you're a believer. You know, you guys were saved on our way to heaven. Did you know that there's still going to be influences coming into your life that are not from God? Oh, shocker. Sometimes we tell people, I, I mean, I was in like the 90s and things like that. And like we, when we would go to these like crusade type things and they would be like telling you like your life's going to be all, it's going to be amazing when you accept Jesus. They would like be like convincing you. And, you know, I was really surprised when my life still sucked. And bad things were still happening. I thought, I want my card back. Because you know what? He's saying, hey, not everything is from me. So I'm giving you this gift to discern whether you ask if that's from me, from the Lord, or from some other spirit. Spirit of the earth, spirit of, you know, pride, spirit of arrogance, spirit of depression, all of these things. He's saying those, you know what, just because it comes to you as a believer and you've been walking your walk, you know, just just as close to Christ as you can does not mean that everything that you hear or you experience is from the Lord. See, that's where we got to discern and say, this ain't from you, God, I don't want it. Even if it looks good. Even if it looks good. That's discernment. We can't believe every feeling or word spoken over us. Sometimes people have spoken words. Um, I was on a, a call. And I was wearing, um, I was cleaning the house, so I wore this, like, um, head uh, handkerchief on my head. And um, it was winter, so I was super pale. And this woman started prophesying that I would be, like, healed from cancer. And I was like... I was like, oh, so you're on your feelings. You know, actually, I was just trying to not get cobwebs and spiders in my hair. Because one time when I cleaned out at Silver Lake, one time I was cleaning and six spiders fell in my head. So I found out you wear a handkerchief when you clean in cobwebs. And they were big. But I thought, do you see how emotion you think, I'm hearing from God. But actually, you were just picking up on the cues. 
You were just picking up on the physical cues of what was going on. And were you really hearing from the Lord at that moment? Because I know God wasn't saying that, right? We all know. I know on my end that's not what God was saying. I was like, well, you know, I don't have that. And she was like, I said, it's okay. You just keep practicing hearing from God. You can give grace in that. Sometimes they're just those. They're just excited. Um, But what I'm talking about is we need to make sure that we're not going by those feelings or just saying, well, that word was spoken over me. This is what I have to be. This is who I am. This is what I got to do. You know, I've had people speak words about, oh, you're going to give birth to more children. And I was like, God did not say that. I asked him a lot. (laughs) I might have a little bit of issue with that. (laughs) But do you know what I mean? Just a feeling. Because you know what God says, you know, that children are a blessing. So, of course, people are going to be like, Oh, that's so awesome. You have a shit that, you know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that's what God has for your household in that moment. God might say, You're ha- I'm blessing you with two. I'm blessing you with, I don't know, I lost count. Was it 13? I don't Did I get it right? Yes! Come on. See? Now the grandkids start coming. But you know, that's what it is. We can't go by the feelings, we have to be able to discern from the Spirit, because we have the Holy Spirit, we need to say, okay, what is it you want? What are you saying? What do you need? You know, that it's, if it's from God, am I supposed to say it? Am I supposed to do it? Was it for me? Was it for the church? Was it for someone else? What is, what is my motive behind it? Is it for this season or not? I think the big thing is, what is the motive behind it? Do I want to look good, or am I just overexcited, or do I want to ha- have this happen, or I feel like someone ain't listening to the Lord, so I'm going to prophesy what they should be doing? I always like that whenever I have like a God does this to me a lot when I'm thinking, well, they should be doing this. God always has me prophesy something amazing over them that I'm like, well, they need to do this, this, and this first. Why did they get that word? And God's like, because that's not your business. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just got slapped by the Lord. But you ever have that? You hear something? You know, every word, if you ever think that I'm speaking to you, that's probably just the Holy Spirit because I don't write these messages. I don't hear from the Lord just for that. I just say most of the things God's walking me through first, always. Always. He's like, I want to teach your spirit. You can't share something that you don't have revelation in, Sarah. And that's a good thing. So never feel like she's doing this for me. If you have that feeling, you might say, okay, Lord, is this for me? You ask the Lord. You ask the Lord. So... I'm going to move on from that, but that's just something that God was just putting on my heart right then. But I want you guys to know, when I, even when I speak, sometimes the Lord in that moment is giving me revelation. Like, oh, you remember that? Now you, now you don't have to go back there again. So, as again we're talking about, Matt spoke about grace and truth, and now how we need to have a balance of them. Otherwise, if we only offer grace, we're just nice and never present Jesus, in turn, sending people to hell. Second, if we just quote truth and, and with this heavy hand and we're right and we pick up that religious spirit and people turn away from Jesus, guess what we're doing? Sending them to hell. If we go in one or the other, that's why God came with Jesus, who is the perfect balance, because you know what? We don't want to be a part of anybody spending eternity in hell, right? Even, even people we don't like, it's like, I don't want to be part of that. Like, you know? Sometimes we're like, haha, that happened, you know what I mean? It's something little, but like, I don't want to be the one that, I don't want to have to be the judge. I don't want to be God, right? I don't know everything that has been in everybody's life, and I don't want to have to, I mean, it's hard enough just to do that for your own life. I couldn't imagine doing that for people's lives you don't know. So we have to make sure that we're walking in this balance and, and, and not being only grace or only truth. So we have to we have that part to play. We have to discern times and seasons and words and actions, you know, well, we have to determine if it will direct people towards Jesus or away. There's your answer. You know, you ever seen those little things where it's like yes or no, you know, like when you're trying to make a decision and you have to go here, you got to do that with the word. That's discernment. You know, if I say this now in this season, will this make them harden their heart or soften their heart? Oh, it's going to soften their heart. Will this direct them towards, you know, being provided by the world or being provided by Jesus? We have to, that's how we have to discern that. We have to walk through and say, if I do this right now, where is it going to turn them? 
Because someone that's hurting and you just come up and say, you know, you just need to stop that, this, this, and this, that's not going to bring them to Jesus. It's going to make them go into their pain. And they're just going to keep bleeding on everybody. That's discernment is so... If you can get discernment, you can do so many things in Christ. Your ministry, your walk will explode. You know, we are ambassadors of Christ. That means we represent him. If we represent him, we should look a little bit like him. We should represent the things that he, repre- that he stands for. So that's what we are. We are, rep- we are ambassadors. We're representing him. You know, and how bar- heartbreaking is it if we were part of turning people away? If our job is to bring people to Jesus and we find out, you know, I don't want to stand, it, you know, on judgment day for, for us. And, and he said, you know, this whole group of people, they're not here because you chose you chose to be in your pride or your arrogance or your offense in that season. Oh, that is does that that made me sick thinking about that. I mean, because that's what he did. He said, "I want you to partner in the kingdom." He didn't just save us. He said, "I want you to be part of of my kingdom." That means, you know, I went to the cross, but you are part of that salvation walk for people. You know, and I think it doesn't even have to be bad. Sometimes we just, you know, have not practiced the gift of discernment and we try to make things happen in the wrong time and seasons. Like it's something good, but we're just trying to do it in what we want. You ever done that? You're like, why isn't this working out for me? Well, because it isn't your time yet. Most of the time, I mean, this might not be for you, but for me, when I see that, usually it's because I have a character issue that God's like, we got to fix this. God's like, I can't put a million dollars coming through your hand because you haven't learned how to tithe off a dollar. You've been dishonest in these things. I mean, he, and, and he's, he's not being, he's not putting you down. He's saying, we're going to work on that. We're going to grow there. We're going to do this. See, so even good things... We need, sometimes we just need time practicing that gift. And I think even back to that, that um, prophetic word I got from that person, I thought, God, you put me, that was the right person because I didn't get mad. It didn't hurt me. I wasn't offended. I thought, you know what? Here's a great feedback and just tell, keep going. Keep, keep trying to hear from the Lord, right? Instead of someone being like, you destroyed my life and you lied about me and you're a false prophet. No, she's just a bad prophet at that time. Um, you know, I mean, when I first was a mom, you know, I did things like I actually dropped my kids and fell down the stairs with them and things like that. You know, then I got like, oh, you shouldn't be, you know, walking down icy stairs with kids. The second one, you, you know, maybe that's why. I don't fall. Sorry, I fell down the stairs with you. you know? Oh, wait for Matt to go ahead. Hand the baby there. It was three stairs. You were in a car, so you didn't even wake up. But maybe it did something. I don't know. But having discernment, as we guess what? I'm away. That's why grandparents are amazing, right? Because they already made all the mistakes with their kids. So with your kids, they get everything good. That's why they're like, you want to go see grandma? Like, I don't like you. I want grandma. Of course they do, because grandma doesn't have any of the mistakes. Grandma's just like, you want candy? You want hugs? You want love? We got you. Parents, we're doing, like, all the, the things that we're like, no. And God's like, no, try again, you know. we got to know that season. Practicing discernment is essential to our walk. It's that good balance of love and truth. We need to do it, and we need to continually think we got to get better, build our character, grow and mature. We all are growing and maturing. There's things sometimes, like when you're 20, someone comes at you with like those pyramid schemes, and you're like, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars. You all want to be under me. It's, it's not a pyramid scheme. It's just like one and then two. And it's a chain. <laughs> it's a chain. You know what I mean? They say all of these things. When you're 30, you're like, oh, it would be awesome. It would be nice. When you get 40, you're like, bless your heart, which means, oh, you got to walk out. You're stupid, too, still. Yeah. Right? <laughs> And I'm only saying that because I walked down my stupid like that, in that. But what we have to do better, we have to say, you know, I don't want to, I want to keep maturing and growing, discerning, so that more, the more people that meet me, the more they're going to meet Jesus. My kids don't do that, okay? 
You're learning this now. You're mature in that area. Don't do it. See, if we learn it, then we also get to pass that on. And the next generation doesn't have to, right? If we learn that we don't have to, the only tool for raising our kids is there's, not, there's more than just spanking. <laughs> what? You know, then our kids, you know, they, they can start with those tools. See, that's why we need to discern what God is saying. We need to know what he's saying in each season. I remember working with other people's children, and, and sometimes, you know, it was like, well, if you do this, this is, the, this is the punishment, or this is, you know, working in a school system, this is what the cause and effect. You do this, you have to, you have to sit time out or things like that. But I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to seek the Lord first. That's discernment. And sometimes kids were so terrible, and you're like, I want to spank you and your parents, and I want you to go home. But God's like, I want you to go up and hug them and love them and tell them how amazing they are and just laugh with them. And you're like, you know when a kid just spits in your face, that's not what you want to do? I had to tap. I was like, get me out of here for five minutes, Lord. (laughs) I legit had that happen one time. I was like, Lord, I don't want you here right now. You can do a lot of things to me. Do not spit on me. I was like, Lord, you need to leave the room. The Lord's like, no, you need to leave the room. You need to leave the room. I'm like, you need to leave the room. Someone's leaving this room. It was me. I came back in. I was able to love and hug the kid, and, and um, it was good. But, you know, it tests your character and your maturity. When a three-year-old spits in your face, you're like, I need Jesus. Jesus, get here now. Now, here, I need to discern, and then right now, all I'm seeing is this kid's butt getting, uh, what is, give me the word. I'm going to warm your biscuits, I'm going to warm this kid's biscuits if you don't get in this room right now, right? See, we're parents, we're laughing because we're like, we're like that, we're like, where is Jesus? Because I don't know, one of us, only one of us can be here right now. But then God builds your character. Get a little moment, breathe, and God's like, would you like to hear what I would like to do in that situation? Oh, yeah, Lord. That'd be great. That'd be great. And you know what? Completely restored. It was good. I did not spank anyone's children that are not my own. I promise you. Well, it's not that I've never spanked anyone's children that are not my own, but not in a school system. So don't be like, oh, no, she's, she, she taught for 10 years, and now she's spanking her. No, I did not do that. Okay. I rarely spanked even my own kids. I mean, they're so cute. Right? You kids can get away with so much because they're just, you look at your kids, you're like, I know you're being naughty right now, but I just, it's adorable. It gets worse. Though, you know, grandparents, your grandkids can't, like, you're just laughing. Their kids are, your kids are mouthing off doing things to the parents, and you're like, this is so adorable. I just love it. You want another cookie for this? <laughs> it's coming back. I don't even know where I'm going anymore. Discernment. It's really just getting good at recognizing God's character and how he works and moves in love. Not what I want. I have to just be like, this character doesn't match God's. You know, i got to go back and say, God, do you even want me to do anything right now? Because sometimes, don't we all just sometimes need to throw a fit and cry and scream? Sometimes we just need that. And God's like, just leave him for five minutes. Let me talk to him. You don't need to talk to him. Nothing you say in this moment is going to help the situation. Trust me. You ever do that? You ever go and try to help a situation after God told you to shut your mouth? How escalated does that situation get? See, he said amen. Because God, you know what? We don't have to fix everything. We need to hear from God and, you know what, let God tell us what we need to do in what season and what timing. Practice hearing from God and discernment happens. The more we practice hearing from God, the more easily discernment comes. The more easily discernment comes. When you get a word of knowledge or wisdom, before you run out and say, hey, you know what you need to do in this? I heard this from the Lord, and this is what you need to do for your life. You know, make sure that person is ready to hear. If they don't got ears to hear, it can even break relationships. You know, do they really, are they ready to hear that? Or do they really just need some time of healing? Maybe it's your hearing. It, it, maybe it's, but God wants, maybe it's not so much about their hearing, but God just wants you to hear. 
you know, you to get that revelation so that you can support by prayer and petitioning for them. Maybe it really doesn't have anything about anything to do with them hearing it from your mouth. You know, we need to stop and say, do I need to say this at this time, this place, or is this going to build or break relationship or kingdom? Is it going to build or break? Right? Sometimes we have all the wisdom and it's like, well, I love you. I hope it works out for you. I'm praying for you. You know what I mean? Wow. Let's see how that works out. But do it with sincerity. Do not be sarcastic. Sarcasm, not, not going to work out for you. The great thing is, even when we miss it, even when we miss it, you know, coming to, coming to that knowledge of repentance is also discernment. Saying you're sorry, saying, oh, I was wrong. You know how many people I've brought to the Lord just by saying I was wrong? And I'm like, why did you make this this way, Lord? He's like, it's so much fun, you know? Because it gets our heart real soft. It gets us ready. So God's like, you're not just helping them. You're helping yourself. So even if you're like, I missed it. I totally said it in the wrong season. I did it in the wrong season. God's like, great. Now you get another opportunity to discern seasons and times. And now is the time to repent. Nobody liked that one. Try it again. Now is the time to repent. Yay, yay. See, God still gives us. It's so good. See, we, we don't like to get to that part, do we? We want to keep it hidden and be like, I'm not going to let anyone I was wrong, but I'm not telling anybody. Because you know what? I think I have power when, I, when everyone thinks I got it together. I have more power when everyone's like, wow, this is a mess. You've got to know Jesus because I don't know how you do this. Right? Yeah. You know, people are like, I don't know how you went through the life you've went through because this is crazy wild. This, it's just so many things have happened to you. There is no way you could do this. How did you, how did you survive this? <clears throat> when you hear some people's stories, you're like, there's no way that you could be in this successful place. How did you do it? Well, let me tell you about Jesus. There, there's a time you discern. When they ask you. When they ask you. I'm going to read in Luke 10, 17. And it says, this is when Jesus sent out. He said, hey, guys, you've been with me. I, I want you guys to go out, and I want you to um, preach the gospel. I want you to cast out demons. I want you to do all these things. All right? He's in the, you know, he didn't give them no, like, booklet or anything. He's like, just go do it. Do it. You know? Okay, Jesus. You know, uh, we've never done this without you. No. So he sent these 70, and they came back. They were triumphant, it says. Master, even the demons dance to your tune. Jesus said, I know. I saw Satan fall as a bolt of lightning from the sky. So Jesus, he's just like, I know. Like, I've been doing this. I'm Jesus. They're all excited. You've been with him. You've seen him do it. But then you come back like, Jesus, did you know that when we say things in your name, this happens? He's like, a little bit, Jesus. Okay. Um. So he says, see what, I've, see what I've given you? So Jesus is talking to them. Safe passage as you walk on snakes and scorpions and protection from every assault of the enemy. No one can put a hand on you. So he's reminding them because they're, they're coming, they're excited. All the same, the great triumph is not in your authority over evil, but in God's authority over you and the presence with you. Now, what you do for, it's not what you do for God, but what God has done for you. That's the agenda for rejoicing. That's what Jesus told him. So he didn't go and be like, oh, that's so good. So glad you actually listened to me after all the things I've done and you've walked with me day and night. You know, he didn't, he didn't be like, oh, just, oh, that's just so good. I'm just so happy for you. He said, yeah, I know this. This is what we've been working towards. And you know, it's not really about you, is it? You know, it's about God. What, it's not what, you know, you're doing for God. It's what God has already done for you. So they were excited. And Jesus, you know, he was nice about it, but he gave them a little like, you know what? You should have already known this because you've been walking with the Lord. They got to walk with Jesus. That should have been like, like I already know this is going to happen because I've seen it. So that's the thing. That's the agenda for rejoicing. When we hear correctly from the Lord and we're doing it because it's what God has given us the grace to do and all the glory comes back to him. We know we're discerning right when the glory comes back to the Lord. 
Not to us, not to a big ministry or a small ministry or, or recognition or things like that. It is when it comes back to the Lord, when it comes back to Jesus. That is when it is time for rejoicing. The person you lead to the Lord in your living room by yourself and nobody knows is just as important when you have a crusade or something like that and 300, 400, 500,000 people come up, right? That is rejoicing because it's about the kingdom, not about what your ministry or what you did publicly. You know what? God is saying it is the, what is for rejoicing is what God did for you. God gave you Jesus so you had the ability. Without it, you would have zero ability without him, right? He say, now you rejoice because, you know, I'm the one that created the kingdom that people can come into. Man, this is, I'm just excited about this today. You know, Jesus reminded them, it's not about what you have, what you're doing, what's your authority or your favor or your wisdom or your knowledge you received for yourself or even for others. You know, sometimes we get like, hey, I heard from the Lord. You know, I just want to share this with you. And we get to where it's like, oh, I'm good at hearing from the Lord. He's saying it's not about that. It's about how we bring glory back to the one who gave it to you. How we bring glory back. All the gifts all the talents, all the wisdom, the prophetic words, they're not here to glorify us. They're here to glorify God's kingdom, aren't they? They're here to glorify God's kingdom. That's why discerning what you heard, why you heard it, and what season it's for is so important. There's times I've had to hold on to things for years, and God's like, I'll let you know the season. I'm like, okay, I want to do this, you know. But God's like, I'll let you know the season. That's why we have to discern. If someone just came, so let's just, let's say, if someone came out of the controlling atmosphere and you know they don't know Jesus, okay, do you think it's going to help them if, if you go up to them and say, you know, the way that you're living is not right? It's going to, you know what, you're going to burn in a lake of fire someday, Man, do you think that they're going to be like, oh, please, please tell me how to not do that. They've lived under control. They've lived under manipulation. You've got nothing on them, right? Yeah, yeah, but what if, what, if we, what, he, what if we discerned God's heart and his character in a situation like that? And we say, hey, I know that you're just coming out of a life of bondage. Can I just share some great things that God thinks about you? Can I just highlight some things that God created you to be? You know, can I, can I just pray for you in this season? You know, let God deal with the bitterness and anger. He's better at it. He's better at it. But see how two, the same thing, the exact same thing, you know? And then you just tell him, you know, you are really smart. You're really capable. I can't believe how much wisdom you have. Man, you are really person of influence. Guess what? When you start saying the things that God says about people to the people, they get excited because you know what? That brings hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, the word says. Don't defer the hope. If you just tell them, you know what? The way you're living is totally bad and you're going to go to hell. That defers hope because you didn't give them any way how they can change that situation. There's no walking out of that, right? You're just putting judgment on them. Instead of saying, hey, here's, a, here's some hope. Here's some hope. This is the truth. Maybe you haven't heard it before, but I'm going to offer it to you in love. You're still speaking the truth. You're still telling them in the end, like, without Jesus, any one of us, you know, can end up in hell, can end up separated from God, right? But it's not you and them. It's us as a kingdom, the church, working to speak the word of God. You know, sometimes the truth is painful, but when we wrap it in love, it's survivable. That's what we have to remember. The truth can be very painful, but when we have spent the time and wrapped it in love, it's survivable. You know, because God is love. If people don't leave, people don't get offended at the love of God. 
they get offended at sometimes our ability or inability to discern what God is saying or wanting in that season. But the great thing, even in that, we have to realize God keeps giving more chances. You know, when those when the disciples came back to Jesus, he didn't say, you know, this is it. You guys cannot understand this concept. Get out of here. I need 12 new ones. You know, I'm putting an ad on Indeed right now. Let's go. You know, so everyone can lie on Indeed and say they have all these, you know, I am a multitasker. Okay, so you can, you know, be on your computer and your phone at the same time looking at TikTok. I don't know. Um, you know what I mean? Like, we all say, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Jesus didn't do that. He said, oh, you know what? Let's just try this again. It's going to be good. It's all good. Let's keep going. Learn from it. And they did. We saw some amazing things come out because of that. So, you know, maybe it's something like raising your kids and, and you look at someone's kids and you're like, oh, that is yikes. You know, but if you go in there without relationship and you say, you know, God says raise your kids up in the way they shall go and they will not depart from it. Look at your kids. They've departed from it. You must not raise them up in the way they should go. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's the truth. That's right from Scripture, right? Raise your kids up in the way they right? That's, you say it like that. Do you think that's in love? Do you think that's going to change that parent's heart or those children's heart? Absolutely not. But what if we say, hey, I noticed, I noticed this and I just, I just wanted to share something God did for me when I was raising my kids. When my kids were running amok, I'll tell you, it was the blood of Jesus and the words of my testimony. Your testimony will help people overcome. My kids were out of control. They were, you know, doing this or doing that, and it was just, I was besides myself. But you know what? Then God just gave me this piece of wisdom. I teach parenting classes, and the first thing I tell parents, I'm like, you're a good parent. The fact that you're here tells me you're a good parent because you want, you want the relationship with your children. Just telling them. Because you know what? If their kids are running amok, they already feel like they're a bad parent. And that doesn't mean that they are. We all have moments. But how we say it in love. Are we giving them a truth so that they can continue? Discern when and how and why it will build kingdom. Jesus is attractive. The truth is attractive. Because the truth is is there for freedom. And ultimately, what does every person want? Freedom. That's why kids, they can't wait to get out of that car seat, right? They want freedom. It's instilled in us because our creator made us that way. You know, we just get good at discernment. So we balance that truth and love. It creates life and directs people to the king of kings and lord of lords. That's our goal. That's our goal. It breaks every chain and it opens every prison door. So if you want to work on something, work on your own discernment of hearing from the Lord. Because then when you bring that into the church, it's going to make the church in a whole healthier. It's going to bring life to people who didn't see hope. You're going to carry the Holy Spirit, which is from Jesus, and you're going to be able to extend that. That's what we want. So for like, what do I need to do to change my situation? Discern better. You know what that means? Get better at hearing from the Lord. That means talking to him, knowing his character. You find it in the Bible, reading his word, you know, praying, talking to him. It's simple. We just got to do it. Let's pray.